Good evening and welcome to episode 216 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I am your proud host, Howard Kravitz, back from a quick one-week vacation in beautiful South Florida. Thanks for joining us tonight on a great evening as we're going to be going back to South Florida this weekend for a huge stakes card on New Year's Eve day. It's Pegasus Preview Day in Houndale Beach, Florida at Gulfstream Park. It's going to be a fantastic card, and we're going to be talking about it with you tonight with a fantastic guest. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, please smash that thumbs-up button. We'd appreciate that. And also hit the notification bell so that you know when new content will arise. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter, on my name tag, at hkravitz. And on the bottom of the screen, you'll see my email scrolling down there hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. As you can see there on over my shoulder there, right? Where is it? Right there. I'm all right, right for, for New Year's Eve, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Adelphi-sponsored wine. Thank you, Matt Cutare and Adelphi Racing Club for sending me that wonderful holiday gift. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can listen to the show here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. Our Power Picks. I sent this out to everyone on my email list over 200 people. The time is now. You only have until Saturday to sign up for this special promotion that we've got for our power picks, which is basically a tip sheet. You get, if you sign up as an annual subscription, we're giving you two free months. That's right. Two free months, which is almost a $30 value. Plus you're going to get special preview videos that are not going to be made out for the public and other goodies. So now is the time to do that. We'd like you to sign up anyway, whether you sign up for a weekly or an annual or yearly subscription. But if you do want to sign up for that yearly subscription, you only have until Saturday to do that. Look below the video player. All the information is there. You can do it through Patreon. You see the website also there on the screen. It's patreon.com backslash HHH Racing podcast and the picks have been on fire myself pete paul we've all given out pick fives recently of substantial values our spot plays have been on fire with many uh good opinions with some prices uh including i only gave out one pick through email last week and it scored at five to one so uh hopefully you folks cashed on that as well in addition We've got a new show coming up in just a few weeks. We're going to be sending out much more information as we go along. It's going to be hosted by our one of our co-hosts, Kyle Roscoe. It's going to be on Wednesday nights. We're very excited. We're working on that as we speak. We'll get uh, you guys more information about that as well. And then finally, please go to our great website, hhhracingpodcast.com for more in- inf- information about the show. All right. Let's bring on my fantastic co-host who did an unbelievable job last week. Over 1,000 people watched the show, preview show for opening day, Santa Anita. So let's bring them on right now. First, the newly turned 51-year-old from Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, Late Merry Christmas, happy early Happy New Year. How are we doing? 
Happy holidays, everybody. Again. I, I can remember when I turned 51, vaguely. <laughs> well, nah, as you've reminded us many times, Paul, it was not as long as people might imagine. So That's right. Uh, don't that's let right. the looks fool you. I'm not 80. Did you? Were you watching Citation when you uh, on your birthday? <laughs> no, Secretariat. <laughs> Secretariat. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we'd love to hear from comments. Guys, we got a new background. We're going to put the track that we're previewing in the background. People, a little bit hard to tell, but that is Gulfstream in the background. So uh, Pete and Paul, we're very festive here. We're going to try to bring the themes to the shows. We'd love to hear your comments in the background instead of just our plain green screen, literally. We're going to uh, bring up different backgrounds. We'd love to hear your opinions on that. Guys, a lot of things going on in the news, but let's focus on Gulfstream uh, this week. We've got a fantastic guest waiting in the background. The weather is finally turning. The weather has been crazy throughout the country. It was almost 60 degrees, guys, here in Chicago. Warmer than it was when I was in Miami for two days, Saturday and Sunday, as our guests can fully uh, attest to that. I know you're going to get that warm weather, guys, out east. Gulfstream finally is drying up. They are on the turf today, Paul. I know you've been waiting a long time for it. And even one of your favorite jockeys won today, Julian Leperu, on the lead. A price shot, by the way, given out by our guest. I can't wait to talk to him about that. So, wow. Paul, he can win on the turf, Paul. He can win on the turf. Oh, he can He can absolutely win. It just probably doesn't happen with the frequency his backers would like. I hear you. Guys, let's uh, not wait any longer. We've got a great late pick five to talk about on the show. We'd really appreciate all your comments. Speaking of comments, let's see who we've got here before we bring on our fantastic uh, guests. We've got uh, Ross Blacker. Uh, Kyle got promoted. Um, Ross, you missed out. Um, listen, uh, we wanted to bring a new, uh, you know, a little younger vibe to the show, so he's going to be uh, he's going to be hosting. I mean, Pete is hosted, perhaps uh, Paul's going to be hosting, so uh, I suppose you can call it promotion, but yeah, we're spreading the word here. Uh, we got uh, David Lupo. Pete looks a year older. Wow, with the Got the gray, got the Santa look on, Pete. I was I trying to, to just in case Santa got sick, I wanted to be sure I was around and could fill in. So, and we've got so this is a new person I have not seen, Jeff <laughs> Duran, new to horse betting here since moved to Kentucky. Glad I found this pon- uh, podcast. Y'all been very helpful, Jeffrey. We love it. Thanks for joining the show, man. We really appreciate it. I love your picture there. We're gonna try to get you some wins, and uh, we also got main focuses here. We got a lot of new people joining. I tweeted, I tweeted this out, guys. We are this weekend. We're gonna cross two hundred thousand views for the show, which is absolutely crazy uh, to me. It's awesome, and we're getting closer to two thousand subscribers too, guys. So if you've not subscribed, please make sure you do so. All right, guys, let's bring on our fantastic guest. This gentleman does has done a great job for many years in many different locales throughout horse racing. We've had him on. Before I had the pleasure to see him again at Gulfstream, he was absolutely red hot today. Uh, he is the analyst uh, for the simulcast feed at Gulfstream Park. Proud to have on from Florida, Mr. Brian Nadal. Brian, how are you doing today? Hey, Howard, I'm doing good. It's good to catch up with you and, and the guys. And uh, yeah, you got hose down here, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I joked with you. I've been down to Gulfstream twice the last two years. Once was for the Pegasus, when, as you can attest, it was, what, 55? And then this weekend, which was, I mean, it's hard to say it's brutal when there's, like, three feet of snow in Buffalo and negative 30 wind chills. I mean, I know you're very familiar with the Northeast and everything, but it was damn cold in South Florida this weekend. 
That's it was awful. Good. And and what I what I say was I know it's freezing everywhere else, but it's supposed to be freezing everywhere else. It's not <laughs> supposed to be freezing down here. Uh, I bought it about three and a half years ago, and the heat does work because it was on last week for the first time. So that was I guess we checked that box off. Um, that was good. So yeah, it's good to see Paul. Good to have Paul on too. One of my you said many endeavors was working for the Saratoga Special for. Oh boy, I don't know about eight or ten years, I, I think. So uh, yeah, go back a long ways with the Clancy. So um, good stuff. It's a great organization, and we're we're happy to have you again, Brian. Brian, you were red hot today. I bet Gulfstream today. I thought it was a tough late sequence. You had um, Island. Can't remember the last name. Sorry, or the, the name of the horse exactly. The the Lepreux was bet down to three yeah. one because of the field, but just wired the field. You had the one horse and a synthetic two turn race that you your best bet that uh, great ride sort of split horses. Uh, sounds like your meat's been pretty good so far, sir. Uh, it's good now. <laughs> okay. It was not a good first couple of days on the, on Monday, uh, the 26th and uh, the, the 28th. I joked that I hit the early double today and I've doubled my win total over the first two days. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, but you know, it's a line drive in the box score. What have you done for me lately? So yeah, the long shot, best bet, double hit, gave out the early pick five on it. $18 ticket for, I think it was like 270 So that was good. And the, the Leperu horse won. There was three scratches in the race. So I, I think it took out, uh, I don't know, 18, 19 points on the morning line or stuff. So we weren't going to get the 12. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I said it, I, I'm not a huge tweeter unless it's just strictly tickets and things like that. But I'll, you put Julian Leperu on the lead and I'll take him over anybody. He's just so so good at doling it out and he always has something a little left in reserve and, and he did it today. So that was, that was good to see. Yeah. It's weird because I, you know, we sort of came to this country as a guy that, you know, obviously from France and he was really patient and people would yeah. say he'd wait too long and he closers. And I've seen him many times win on horses on the lead and it's always prices, Brian. It's just unbelievable. It, people still, you know, have this feeling Lepreau, you can't win on the lead. I don't know why, but, and he took heat, that horse took heat today too, and still won. So yeah. anyway, congratulations to you on that pick. Uh, Pete and Paul, we got a lot to talk about. Brian, we got a lot to talk about. Before we get into the PP specifically, Brian, um, other than Colonel Liam, uh, is there a horse that you're particularly <coughs> looking forward to seeing this weekend? Well, I'm really looking forward, Howard, just to seeing O'Connor come back. I mean, he was just devastatingly awesome. Uh, in his U.S. debut, and if you look at his PPs and his Group One races and wins, um, in, in his you know before in his prior career, we'll call it, uh, you know he was tangling with Super Corinto, who has come here now and been so good in two starts, and and obviously the connections, you know, we're, we're this is Pegasus Preview Day, as you've alluded to, and, and they're hoping to go down that path. So I'm excited to see him step up against better competition on Saturday. He got all the best of it in his U.S. debut, but, you know, he didn't have to win by six and with push-button acceleration. So I think he's exciting, Howard, and I think we probably can all agree that we're, we're hoping for an exciting horse at this time. You know, we've lost. There's been a lot of turnover, obviously, you know, um, and I think, you know, at least in the handicap division now, as the three-year-olds turn to four and everybody else has got to step up, I think it'd be cool to see an exciting horse develop. Yeah, we'll be talking about the Harlan's holiday in just a minute. Before we get to that, let's jump into the pick five, guys. The pick five, again, you're going to see our picks on the bottom of the screen. There they are. Brian, this is, again, the first time that everyone is seeing our picks uh, on the bottom of the screen. The pick five starts in race seven as I go ahead and 
uh, bring up the Equibase uh, entries. There they are. We'll go full screen here. Uh, it starts in race seven at approximately 3.09 Eastern Standard Time. This is the Suwannee River uh, stakes. It's a grade three, $125,000, Philly and mares, three-year-olds and up. They're going one mile on the turf, and they will be on the turf. The weather looks like it's going to be pretty good, really, the, the rest of the week. This is a field of 10. The Moorline favorite is the number one Scottish star, an Argentine bred for Pletcher and Saez. Brian, as the guest, you're going to uh, go first for us, and you're going to go with uh, Shug McGahee, Junior Alvarado, number seven, Stolen Holiday. Yeah, I, I don't have anything clever, Howard. I, I think the four favorites, and you can probably put the four favorites in a bag, jumble them up, and, and they might be four different favorites every time. But I, I just feel like – Scottish Star, Bay Storm, Stolen Holiday, and, and Lady Rockstar are better than the rest. And I landed on Stolen Holiday. I'm not sold on Bay Storm getting the trip on the lead, even though she should be maybe even comfortably on the lead. But Stolen Holiday's got the tactical speed for, for Shug and, and Junior Alvarado. She's not going to let anybody get too, too far away. She got her comeback kind of out of the way last time. And the horse that beat her is pretty good. You know, she was a Gulfstream Championship meet horse last year, ran in the Pegasus Wakanaka, Philly and Mare turf. And, and I think Stolen Holiday maybe at least, you know, today, meaning Saturday at a one-turn, at a one-mile two-turn mile. Maybe just she's a little bit better. Scottish Star's got to prove it, too, you know, and Bay Storm's dangerous, Howard, but I'm going to land on Stolen Holiday. Yeah, Bay Storm's got a lot of speed. Now, I'm assuming we all handicapped these races without the morning line, unless, Brian, you had some some intel. I was surprised to see Bay Storm as low as 3-1. to one. The other question I have for you, Brian, uh, or statement or question, I thought Gulfstream Turf, when they've been running on it, because it's obviously not rock hard yet. They've got a lot of rain. What sort of favoring closers? Yet today, speed was holding up. So do you have any clue as to how the turf uh, might play on Saturday? I know they're running at uh, different rail placements, though, at different races. That is something that we're going to talk about throughout the sequence. Yeah, I, I tend to you know, lean towards speed, Howard. It's been very quick. There, there's been a lot of races, and you saw it today where – some horses, even the nightcap, they went 46 and change, and the horse that you would have thought might have finished last off the far turn ended up gutting it out for second. You mentioned I, I just don't see much rain uh, at all uh, through the, the course of the weekend, which is great. I think it's behind us. It was beautiful today. It was beautiful yesterday, too. I expect a firm turf course, and, and I expect to see some horses uh, rattle up front and, and, and not come back. Bay Storm is that kind of horse, so she is dangerous. Well, Pete and Paul, you guys have the same idea. You're going with this horse. Paul, I'll let you talk first. Uh, Bay Storm, as I as I go ahead and uh, make the peepees a little bigger, has not gone uh, this distance. Um, but I guess you both are assuming this horse just will get loose and win for Jonathan Thomas, Paul. Yeah, and I do. But, you know, and I know this horse is stretching out, but it looks at least on paper like Scottish star is, is pretty quick. And, and I'm not so sure, you know, based on just going to waltz to the lead, but I do think, uh, I do think either way uh, she, she could get a good trip and limited sample, but Jonathan Thomas is one for five off this kind of a layoff and in a graded stakes. And, you know, I, I think at worst based on me, the goes, as you said, or perhaps goes with the one, but I, you know, the horse you picked, Howard, I would have very likely picked the 10 
and you know Brian could probably speak to this being there every day, but boy, I think that's a tough spot in this distance on turf where the turn is pretty much comes up immediately. Brian, did you want to comment on that? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. It's so hard to be out there. The, the run to the turn is so quick. Now, luckily for Lady Rockstar, she's not necessarily a horse that wants to be involved early, so maybe she can tuck over. But, yeah, as uh, as he alluded to, it's, it's not good at all. Uh, Pete, anything you want to add about uh, the three base storm? And then I've got Lady Rockstar on top. I think there is enough speed to set it up. And I know she's been off for a little bit for Brennan Walsh, but the IRAD factor, I just can't ignore guys. Cause I don't care if he breaks in the 15 hole, IRAD will find a way to, to tuck over. <laughs> yeah. I, I was with you a little bit, Howard. I think the post is the only reason I thought the 10 was sort of a, a rising horse. And if it gets a little bit of pace, which it looks like there is here, yeah. I do like that one. It was more the, the post that sort of threw me a little bit and made me probably put this one in second. With Base Storm, I think um, I, I think Brian and Paul sort of said everything. I do like the fact that I don't think she needs the lead. So if if say Scottish Star does go out, then I think Base Storm can sit off and has shown the ability to sit off. Plus, I do just like the incremental improvements. <laughs> now you go from you know the last few races, 84, 85, 90, 99 from a buyer standpoint. Then another Jonathan Thomas stat was he was thirty one percent win 62% in the money sprint to route on turf. So that gave me a little bit more confidence wow. with a horse that hasn't routed yet. So at yeah. least it's something that he has an affinity for as well. So, uh, but I was sort of with Brian where I'm like the, the top four just seem like standouts and it's almost going to be a crap shoot as to which one gets the best trip potentially as to who wins out of those four. Yeah, I think so. I'll, just end, <laughs> I'll end our conversation with the, the last race that lady Rockstar. Uh, ran in and I watched the race because I was actually in Saratoga that weekend betting a little bit of Monmouth as well. Uh, that was a very slow pace. Lamista actually had tactical speed for the first time in a while. And and really, Lady Rockstar just didn't even fire at all. I actually think, even though Lady uh, Rockstar has gone a mile and eighth, mile and quarter, a mile and eighth, when you look at some of uh, her European form, she actually was running very well at a mile. So maybe the cutback is really what she wants, and they just tried to stretch her out, guys, thinking maybe she wanted longer. But I think she'll be better going shorter. It's just sort of an opinion of mine. So I agree. It's, it's going to be one of those four unless something weird happens, guys. Let's go on next to race eight you can see our picks on the bottom of the screen right there and we'll go to race eight race eight guys this this race is a lot of fun and brian look at the bottom of the screen man i thought i was getting really creative oh, yeah. i'm like bam i'm gonna throw a long shot out there that no one's gonna think and sure enough you got this horse on top and yeah. pete's got this horse second and we just brought the damn horse down to like six to one now uh, at post time. But anyway, this is the Mr. Prospector Stakes. It's a grade three uh, for older males, 125,000. They're going seven furlongs. This is a big field, guys. And wow, is there a ton of early speed, at least signed on, which is, I'm sure, what Brian and I were thinking here with our top choice. The Moyline favorite, and I got to be honest, I have no idea why is the number three, uh, Sibelius, for uh, O'Dwyer and Junior Alvarado. But uh, Brian and I are both going with a 15-to-1 long shot, a three-year-old coming off a layoff, steel, sunshine. Brian, tell everyone why we are correct. Everyone get about a $20 horse here in race eight on Saturday. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this the morning line for the first time. He, he kind of sort of has to be 15 to 1, doesn't he? I mean, he. Um, I want yeah, He to, looks slower on paper, that's for sure. Yeah, he is slower. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he, he's slower on paper. He, he needs to he needs to really move up. I, I really wanted to pick Papa Cap, to be honest with you, but it's just maybe off the layoff, we'll, we'll watch one. Um, but you said it, Howard, and you hinted at it. There's just so much hitting in here. There's something to me, something has to give. There's a lot of speed, and they're going seven, too. If there was going six, I, I, I would, you know, say maybe some speed can last. I don't I don't know. I'm going to play against it and steal sunshine. If you're not familiar with Bobby DeBona, you know, he's not a national guy, but he took this horse around a little bit. He took him to Ellis, and he won a stake. <coughs> he does really good work down here, and Bobby DeBona doesn't run horses where they don't belong. So I think the fact steal sunshine's in here, awful layoff, too. Um, I, I really feel like he, he's he's here to roll, and, and he's going to get his setup. If he doesn't win, it's because he's not good enough. It's not because, you know, oh, they went too slow or this and that. No, he's going to get his race in here. The question is, is he good enough or not? And, Howard, as you, you said, and as I agree with, you know what, if 12, 15 to 1, we can figure out if he's good enough or not. Whereas, do you want, you know, 3 to 1 on prevalence who hasn't run – in two starts, and you have no idea what you're getting. So um, that's how I played it. It's a spread race for me. If you see my ticket was five deep, and uh, the dark kind of lands on Steel Sunshine. Yeah, this is the kind of horse, Brian, that I, I'm a big fan of, of back wheeling, you know, reverse key yeah. kind of play in tries. This is, and I've gotten a lot of people onto this bet, this is exactly the horse you want to do that with. Because to me, Brian, the chance of this horse being in the money somewhere is very very high and if, even if he clunks up for third at like 12 to 1 and fills out a try that might be good um the one thing brian though and uh, pete i'll let you talk about this we've seen this a million times where there's all this speed on paper and it doesn't you know pan out that way but as we look at the pps for people at home that might not have seen them yet there i i counted at least five horses that want the lead you got speaking's gonna has to go from the inside not nearly good enough Sabellis, you would think, is going to go for sure. Uh, Papa Cat's probably more tactical. Wind of Change only knows one way. Prevalence is really best close to the lead. Uncle Ernie, what is he going to do? He has to go. I mean, I don't see any other way that he's going to go. Dean Delivers is not that slow. And then, you know, Country Final, hard to say what he's going to be doing. Um, you know, Seal Beach will probably mid-pack. I mean, Pete, there has to be speed in this race, doesn't there? Yeah, I mean, again, we can we we always bitch and moan about it looks like speed on paper and then it doesn't come to fruition and then we're mad after the fact. But you can only go by what you see on paper. And there's eight horses in this race with a hundred plus time form early pace rating. Yep. A couple of them, you know, Sibelius and Uncle Ernie with 123. So you just you have to take it on faith that there's going to be some speed. And if you can like a horse that coming off the pace and to your to your back wheel suggestion, Howard, I had an awesome stat. So the Debona Reyes combo, 44 percent win, 72 percent in the money in dirt sprints at Gulfstream and seven out of nine wins and nine out of nine in the money in the last nine races together. And now I don't know if there was any today. That was probably. Wow. early today last night but it just shows that hey they can get a horse home in a race like this so again especially underneath for sure but i think a win percent i think a win chance for sure because i think the rest of this field is a little suspect yeah brian feel end. free to use any of those stats on simulcast you and if you want to really do us a favor tell me you heard it here on the hhh <laughs> racing podcast brian it is fair to say though 
that none of those stats were, of course, during the championship meet, which just started yeah. against better horses. So I, I'm not sure. saying he's not capable of doing it. Pete and Paul, uh, tell us why the four Papa Cap uh, is going to win this race Saturday. Uh, Pete, go first, please. I mean, it's just one of those horses that if you just look on paper at the horses that the horses that Papa Cap has been running against, he's just finally getting some class relief. I mean, this field did not come up super strong. I mean, you see on there, Gunite, Jack Christopher, Jack Christopher, White Barrio in charge at Epicenter. I mean, this horse is just screaming for a little bit of a step down in class. So if if he's ever going to win a race, which he hasn't done yet this year, as you can see on screen, 0 for 6, if he's ever going to win one, dropping down into, you know, dropping down against a somewhat lighter company, if he doesn't get it here, I don't know if he's when, when he's going to get it. This, this is his time, I think. So he's, and especially at 4 to 1, like he looks like a horse that should be favored based on class, but he just doesn't win races. So that's problematic. But, Paul, here's my thing. I, I'm totally against this horse, and I could be wrong. He just doesn't have gears. He just seems, you know, I totally agree with what you said, Pete. And he's been facing the best horses, but he doesn't like to win. And he doesn't have like a turn of foot. <coughs> I just think he's gotten into circumstances where he just sort of runs around the track, like on the inside and makes it look better than he is. I don't know, Paul, I, I'm totally against this horse, but I hear what you guys are saying. He's got class. Just real quick before Paul goes, the only thing I would say is if you look at that on paper, who is he supposed to beat? that ran ahead of him. That's the only question. And I don't know if that's a, an excuse or not. It's just, he wasn't supposed to beat any of those horses yeah. for the most part on that page. So it's just it makes his it running lines tough. are just very like, he doesn't, he just, doesn't yeah, pass no, I agree. People. I don't know. Yeah. Paul, sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm going to play him anyway, Howard, despite the fact that you're <laughs> <Okay>. against him. <laughs> are you sure about that? Uh, my, my ticket might've just gone up as a matter of fact. I'm sure um, it did. I, I think that, um, you know, when you guys went through all the speed horses, I, I think this horse has the potential to get a very good trip. He's not going to be in or on the lead, but I do think he's going to be in position to get to get a good first run. Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, and, and I see what you're saying with Steel Sunshine, and boy, I'd love to see a Carrie Brogdon, Mac Mahal, homebred win. That's a great operation. I had a chance to talk to her at Saratoga uh, last summer. But, uh, you know, Pete talked about the company lines. This isn't a great move for Cassie. This type of 61 to 180 layoff graded stakes, three for 27. So that's not outstanding. But, you know, with Rosario on him, I, I think he, if he can get him in position early, uh, I like this distance for this horse. You know, he was he was knocking heads with the big boys at a mile and a 16th and a mile and an 8th. And, you know, the Woody Stevens race, well, who else did he beat? You know, I, I know he, he lost to Jack Christopher but he lost by 10, but that's still a, you know, that's still a real race. And I'm not so sure that second in that race isn't better than any, anyone in this race. So uh, despite your negativity, Howard, I'm going to play. I hear you, Brian, last thing about this race I've heard, and, and you're down there. So you would know that Papa cap is considered for the Pegasus. Um, and that's another reason why I don't like him. This could be just a prep. He's a Florida bred. I mean, I don't even think the connections really know what to do with the source. Do they? Yeah, I mean, he's very possible he needs a race. I mean, let's just be honest. On, on you know, December 31st, the grade three Mr. Prospector, is, I'm assuming, is not, the, you know, the end-all, be-all for, for Team Cassie. Uh, he could win in spite of it. And as, the, you know, as as uh, Paul mentioned, he, he is eligible to really trip out in here. Um, so he could need a race. The, the Pegasus seems like a, 
that seems like a mighty far bridge for a horse that I, I don't feel is a nine furlong horse, but uh, you know, we can talk about that in four weeks from today. Um, I, this is definitely a starting off point. That doesn't mean he can't win for all the reasons, um, you know, everybody said at fours. I would, that's a big underlay though. I'd want more than that. If you're yeah. playing. Last history. question, Brian, what do you do with prevalence and uncle Ernie prevalence? His run is base best race is Gulfstream. He's three for four. But this seems like a horse, Brian, that just needs a trip. I mean, if things don't go his way, he just completely falls apart. I will say I've seen his works on XBTV, and he is super athletic and looks like he's ready to go. And then Uncle Ernie, I don't know about the distance, but he's awfully sharp. These two horses, I just don't know what to do with. Um, I'll I'll say two things. I've never guessed right with prevalence except that (laughs) – except in the wood. Um, I want nothing to do with him on Saturday. Okay. If he okay. wins, I'll, I'll golf clap. I, he was in the paddock the other day. He looked like an absolute phenomenal specimen. Um, I know he's three for four at Gulfstream, but don't forget now he did. He was terrible off the layoff last year. I understand the layoff this year is not the same. Uh, he was terrible last time too. I mean, let's just be honest. Uncle Ernie ran a negative four on the thoroughgraphs last time. Wow. If he feels like running that on Saturday, he might literally <laughs> lap the field. I don't know. He's got it's kind of he's got to step up. He is well drawn for his style. Type to type to me, Howard. You got to make him prove it because you know he's going to be a big underlay with Ira aboard too. Yeah, if this was six furlongs, I'd love Uncle Ernie. This distance with other speed, I'm I'm against him. Let's go to the next race, guys. And this is. I don't know if there's a headliner, Brian, on Saturday, but I guess you could say this is the one. It's the Fort Lauderdale um, featuring, of course, the comeback race for uh, Colonel Liam. And I have very strong opinion. Whether I'm right or not, we'll find out on Saturday. But let me go ahead and bring up uh, the uh, the Fort Lauderdale. It's a grade two. $200,000 is the purse. They're going a mile and an eighth. And please, everyone notice this. You can see in the middle of the screen. The rail are going to be out 56 feet in this race. And I'll let Brian talk about what that may or may not mean in general. When the rails are out, it does help speed on at most tracks. I'm curious to hear what Brian's going to have to say about this. We can see it's a big field of 12 with decorate invader as an AE that may or may not run, depending on what happens. The more line favorite, of course, is the number 12 Colonel Liam. This is the two time Pegasus turf champion. But boy, are there a lot of question marks with this horse? Eight to five morning line. And Brian, you are going to go with Colonel Liam, but I would assume you have some reservations also. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I don't. Okay. He's just he's so much better than this field. The only reservation, Howard, is that obviously um, the screws are not, you know, fully tightened. And that's, yeah. that, that's the only reservation he won the pegasus last year off you know a june layoff i believe it was um yeah so it doesn't really bother me the post okay that could be uh, a little bit of a problem i get that you mentioned the rails it did typically I, I would think you know speed is going to play out here um my my pick is kind of twofold first of all he's just so much better than this field um i wouldn't think he would be back for a a uh, six soon to be six year old campaign if he wasn't tearing yeah. the barn down. Um, you know he's not a horse that runs a lot, so you know you could also kind of say maybe he is a little more cranked, you know, because you know he's not a horse that's going to throw down eight races um, this year. And then conversely, Howard, 
if you don't pick him and, and maybe the guys have a strong opinion, like who the hell are you going to pick? You have no idea. Like, I don't know. I, I could go seven deep without him and probably not have the winner. So I'm just going to say he's better than this group post all that stuff. Uh, I rattle figure it out and onward and upward. Well, you're, you got in second, the number one, and this is my top pick. And I will admit, I, I sort of agree with you, Brian, that if it's not the 12, it could be five or six others. But this horse is getting better and better. He's got the rail. I think there's more there. It looks like they've been pointing to the spot. You could go with worse 10 to ones in this race, couldn't you? Yeah, there's probably about eight horses in here that wish like, uh, holy heck, that the uh, optional claimer that Colonel Liam was in a couple weeks ago, he's actually on the also eligible list, which is, so it's never surprised, by the way. Right. Um, they all and never surprised good. lost, by the way, Tampa, like yeah, two to five, good. just wanted to say. Yeah, he didn't look that good, but um, no. it was kind of a bog up there. But um, back to street ready, I, you know, he's inside, you said it, he doesn't have to lead, he probably won't lead, he's going to sit the right kind of trip, and he'll be a decent price too, because there are others in here, um, you know, that will take money before him. But, but I agree, Howard, I feel like, you know, even – King Cause, who won the Knickerbocker last time. I kind of feel like we've seen those horses ceiling after, you know, Street Ready's never been better, and he and he won from a terrible post last time, and now he's got the perfect post. Well, maybe he's got another move forward in him, and and, and uh, he's, a, he's a price. I agree, I agree with you. Um, Paul, let's go to you. The New York Brad, how did we know? <laughs> there it is again. But I'll tell you what, Paul, I like this horse a lot. <laughs> And um, I will say, full, for dis- full disclosure, because I want to share my love, I had a little uh, text convo with Miguel Clement tonight. So I'll tell you guys what he said in just a minute, um, or I'll paraphrase. I don't want to, you know, give away everything they had to say. But uh, why do you like this horse, Paul? Well, I-, I think the horse is good. And the horse against open company has three wins in four seconds. So, yep. you know, despite the fact that he is a New York bred and has run – the predominance of his races against New York breads. He's got three wins and in, in, in four seconds against open company. He won a stake at Saratoga against open company in, in uh, a race that uh, he really came flying. Um, you, you know, I, I agree with Brian and, and obviously I, I think the 12 is certainly the best horse on paper, but I think he's going to be eight to five or lower. It is a very long layoff. And yes, I get, he won off that layoff last year and it is Pletcher. So, uh, but I think, uh, you know, where I would die, uh, not be on the same page as Brian, I think if the if the 12 is going to lose, I'm, I'm, I think the 7 is one of the main players to do it. And I think you might be looking at, you know, 4 or 5 to 1 versus 6 or 7, 8 to 5. And I, I've seen the horse. I just think the horse can really run. Paul, I have a feeling he's going to get bet. I think he's going to get bet down. I don't know if it's because Clement or just a lot of ones and Rosario. Guys, I would be surprised if, like, Colonel Liam is, like, six to five and this horse is, like, seven to two. I think this horse is second choice. I think he's going to be bet. Uh, for everyone on the panel, uh, Miguel Clement brought up two minor concerns he has. Do you guys want to guess as to what the minor concerns are with City Man instead of me just telling you? What do you think Miguel has concerns about? Colonel Liam? No. Other, other, <laughs> other, other than that, Brian. See, this is why Brian gets the big bucks as a, you know, analyst for all these big tracks. Well, he's no. never run at Gulfstream, I guess. That's so. one concern wow. he had. You know, he's a little bit unsure about Gulfstream. There's one more, which I didn't really look at carefully 
And then I said, okay, I get it. It's the weight. A little bit concerned about getting the 126. Colonel Liam, amazingly, guys, is only getting 123. And by the way, Street Ready is getting 121, Brian. So I'm not a big weight guy, but five pounds with horses that are very closely matched. I think that's a feather in Street Ready's cap. Uh, he's run <clears throat> 126 before, though, Pete, and one. I'm talking about City Man. So yeah. I guess he's – I think he's – was trying to nicely say he's a little disappointed that he's getting more weight than Colonel Liam, which I mean, is absolutely yeah. crazy when you it's think crazy. about it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, because I guess against a horse that against a horse with that much ability, you want all the advantages you can yeah. get. So having a disadvantage definitely has to hurt. But I mean, I, I I'm with Paul on this one. I think this horse at least has shown in 2022 has really done nothing wrong except for that one run on the yielding turf. And then the one run where it was sort of blocked and and didn't have room and sort of had a bit of a troubled trip. Other than that, this horse doesn't really do much (coughs) wrong. So it's really just, Hey, if Colonel Liam doesn't fire or is just a little short and can't get up for the win and maybe, you know, the post compromises him a bit and he gets stuck in the back, then, I mean, I'm with you. I like the one in the seven. So I'm sort of with you, Howard, if Colonel Liam loses, I'm on the same two as you. Yeah, anything else you wanted to add, Pete? I didn't want to give you a short trip in this race. No, no, that's okay. I think you guys you guys said most of it. Okay. I think the only thing I liked about Street Ready, too, was since Saez got on him, I like when you see something on the page that helps a horse improve, and Saez getting on him, this horse has made sort of a significant jump, at least from a buyer standpoint, and he's also kept the horse closer. So he's, he's kept him in range and that's something Saez is always good at. He's pretty aggressive. So if he just, and again, now he's from the rail. So if he keeps him close and again, if Colonel Liam has any trouble street ready can work out a trip. Hey Brian, with the rails at 56 feet and Colonel Liam coming out of the 12, will he have to run around the Pegasus statue in the parking lot? (laughs) There's there's no doubt about it. It's not ideal. I I don't think there's anything, uh, any denying that Um, he's got enough speed to to get somewhat of position and the other good thing i think for colonel liam is you know there are a couple speeds obviously to his inside that maybe if i you know just uses him a little bit he can kind of tuck over um a a little bit it's not ideal but you know listen i wish i had you know something crafty and sexy to give out it's great if you don't like colonel liam because the beauty of colonel liam is that he's going to bottom out the odds (coughs) And whoever you like is, you know, you're going to get, let's be honest, City Man's favorite in this race probably if there is no Colonel Liam. So, you know, if you like him and you've got the, the Colonel Liam in the parking lot prepping for a bigger race, you get all the best of it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I just think this is the race you're, you're supposed to try to beat him even though he's very much the horse to beat. It's just one of those weird kind of handicapping situations. Let's go to race 10, guys. You see on the bottom of the screen. Uh, I swear, ladies and gentlemen, Brian and I did not talk. Before before these races, we, we're just thinking very similarly here. This is the Harlan's Holiday. This is a very interesting race. Uh, there are a bunch of horses here, as I'll let Brian talk about, uh, prepping for the Pegasus here. It's a grade three. It's only a mile and a 16th. It's on the dirt, 150K in the kitty for older males. The morning line <laughs> favorite. And again, I was a little surprised to see how low the number one O'Connor was eight to five. I thought he'd be like five to two morning line. Uh, this Chilean bread for Safi Joseph and Edgar Zayas. Brian, you and I are both going with this horse. And I'm going to show the replay of the last because O'Connor, Brian, was absolutely outstanding in his U.S. debut. Yeah, and here's the other thing, too, while you, you show the replay. Um, this 
this race and his last race is the short finish line. Okay. That's the mile and the 16th short finish line. And, uh, you know, if you're not close entering the far turn, you're not going to win. It's just too hard. You, you have to, I mean, don't forget promises fulfilled on the Fountain Youth. If that gives any indication of how you know, <laughs> this race can be. He, he couldn't get two turns, uh, you know, if they dropped them off at the top of the stretch. So uh, I think that's important. You know, a horse like Skippy Longstocking, obviously, again, prepping too. I, I feel like that's a tough spot for a galloper kind of like that. And, you know, again, as obviously we've mentioned, this is the prep for the Pegasus. And, you know, this horse gets set up. I, there, there's no doubt about that. He, he, he basically he basically has to win this race. But as I said, and you're going to see him out there, the, the, the five. Now, Brian, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I got to ask you. This is, To me, this is a very important question here. O'Connor is right here. Yeah. He was on the rail. And immediately, Zayas, as much as possible, got him off the rail. The, big, the only concern I have. Uh, Saturday, and I think it's a legitimate one, unless you give me some intel, which I'm hoping you will. Is it possible that Source doesn't want the kickback and you know won't like the rail? Because if he's stuck on the rail for an elongated period in the Harlan's Holiday, that might be a problem. I just found it very weird, Brian, that he was here. If you can see my, right. you know, he was on the rail, and now he's in the sixth path, like right away on the back stretch, which sort of indicates to me Joseph wanted to get him away from the kickback. Have you heard anything about that? No, it's possible, but, but hit play. And I think you're going to see maybe why he's out there. Cause he would have had to run over these horses. Otherwise, you know, he, he's on okay. a, a keg of dynamite here. And, he, and I'm kind of just speculating, Howard, I don't know this, but why is he going to be bothered being down inside when you're going to see this move right here? And it's kind of a goosebump type move. And yeah. Wow. You're not supposed to do this. So um, I, that's, that's just my pure speculation. Okay. I haven't talked to Safi about it. I don't know. It's a legitimate, you know, it's legitimate concern or at least a question to ask on your part. I, I think the morning line's dead on. I had this horse at eight to five myself. Um, they're going to bet him. They, 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 they bet him last time, you know, they bet, they didn't have to bet him last time and they did. Um, and I just feel like on Saturday, I, I feel like he's probably better than these horses anyway. And on Saturday, with the prep behind him, with his prep behind him, and it's still significant for this horse to win a graded stakes race. You know, I feel like in in this country, I just, again, I wish I had something clever for you. I just don't. I feel like uh, at least on December 31st, he's, he's just too much racehorse for, for this group here. Now, th this field, as you said, Brian, is this is the toughest uh, field he's faced. I mean, that field that he faced... That field that you faced last time was not. Yeah, but I want to just interrupt for a second because yeah. the, the horse that he was tangoing with, uh, Super Corinto, right. in, in Chile in those Group 1 races, he's come back. He was an absolutely awesome second here in his debut, and he won again. So I, I do agree this is a tougher group of horses, but don't you know? Don't just think he's been beaten on tomato cans over there. That was That's a serious horse who's going to run in the Pegasus, by the way. And, and who has a chance to win the Pegasus. You know, Brian, I, I mean, I want to hit this pick five Saturday, but in a weird way, I hope O'Connor gets into some kind of trouble, doesn't win, and is like eight to one of the Pegasus <coughs> wins that. Because I think the distance is better uh, in a month sure. from now than it will be on Saturday. And I think he'll be a fascinating horse if he doesn't win today, uh, Saturday. If he wins Saturday, he could be, I don't know, 
as low as second choice next to proxy or something the Pegasus. So uh, in a weird way, I almost hope he doesn't win. But yeah, I've got this horse too. I, I just as long as he doesn't get in trouble, I think he's going to win. And Brian, I'll be fascinating to listen to you talk to Safi or at least hopefully get some intel as to if he wants you know kickback or the rail. But I know a lot of the tracks in South America, Pete and Paul, are not the best services and you watch replays and they got a lot of kickback and it's just, you see like clouds of dust and stuff. So maybe I'm just crazy, but I just found that weird, Brian, you do make a good point. I guess they just figured they were tons the best and didn't want to get stuck in behind. Uh, Paul, you have the four who is my second choice. I think the other likely winner, at least in my opinion, simplification, a horse that we both liked a little bit in the breeders cup dirt mile and size just didn't really, Sen and just real passive and just was absolutely awful. I think this horse has got ability and loves Gulfstream. Yeah, you know, Howard, I was at the Pennsylvania Derby and and the word was Sano was very upset because Paco was instructed to go to the lead and he didn't. And so you and I thought, well, surely uh, Saez, that won't happen with Saez in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. And he was seventh out of nine. Uh, I, I think back at Gulfstream, different jockey, uh, maybe Junior will follow the instructions. I, I'm looking at this horse as a, as a possibility of just going wire, gate to wire. Uh, I get the one, um, you know, I kind of think you're supposed to try to beat him at, at the odds he's going to be, but I, I do, I think Brian's right. I think the only reason Zayas got him off the rail is he knew he was sitting on the best horse. I'm hoping that wasn't the greatest field. Four horses to run back out of that race. One of them won, but all four had their buyer go down in their next start. So I'm hoping that maybe that wasn't the best field. And that if, uh, you know, I do think if simplification can. Oh, internet issue. Pete, why don't you go ahead, Pete? You've got. Uh... Yeah, I can finish Paul's sentences. At this I'm, here, I'm, here. I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> There he is. Uh, I, I think if he can uh, get to the lead, uh, presumably as instructed, I think he could be a tough customer. So, And I think the price could be okay. Yeah, Pete, you're thinking the same thing. And Skippy Longstocking with Irad should sit a nice trip. I just don't – I don't know if he's good enough, but, I mean, he has fired before, but his biggest race was in the slop. That's why I'm a little bit against the seven personally. Yeah, that was, that was, that was sort of my reasoning, and I thought maybe – he would have a little bit too much to do, but I mean, he's, he's solid. I, to me, this runs through the one or the four, the four is another one who, and you could see even by the works that he seems to just like being, and I was going back to simplification quick, but you could see from the works that he seems to just like being back at Gulfstream. I mean, he's, yeah. he's had some really nice works. He's done his best running there. He's six for six in the money. So no, isn't great winning in graded stakes races, but he did win with, <laughs> with simplification was actually the one win he's had, I think in his last like 48 graded stakes races. Yeah. But I, I think this is another one that maybe is just screaming for a little bit less company and O'Connor could be a big deal, but the rest of the field isn't the best. So if something happens to O'Connor, he doesn't fire for some reason or does get, you know, maybe gets shuffled and doesn't like the kickback, like you said, whatever it is, I just think I'd like having, and I was surprised at the five to one. Actually, I thought it'd be a little bit, I thought he's, it'd be a little bit lower just based on who he's who he's been tangling with. Yeah, he'll be lower. A Roth, by the way, agrees, Brian, that Super Corinto might be winning the Pegasus. Uh, a Roth, thanks for joining the show. Uh, last horse we got to talk about, Brian. Then we'll get to the last race and get your uh, pick five. 
ticket. I have to bring up the Pletcher horse because it's Pletcher and Gulfstream, Brian. None of us are really giving this horse. Actually, Paul's got uh, Pioneer Medina second. Brian, what do you think of this horse? I, I, I mean, I guess he could fire, but he just he hasn't. He, he's very inconsistent. Yeah, he is. But he, you know, he had a little trip last time too, and, and he still won to to his credit. And he finally remembered, you know, his job is to be a racehorse after three total <laughs> no shows, albeit one of them uh, was in the Kentucky Derby. But uh, you know, he takes Lasix off. That's I think that's something we have to mention. Those two races, and especially the race last time, was with Lasix. But you know, he he's also has a penchant of blowing the start. If you can go to the right a little bit, he's it yeah. Say, but if you watch, he's he's not breaking. Um, you know, the guys did make a very good point. We, we haven't, I didn't, I certainly didn't talk about it. There is no speed in this race. Could be a jockey's race. It, it'll be yeah. interesting. I do think simplification, if they want to go, is it's probably there for him. Um, Pioneer, Pioneer Medina, here's the other thing, too. Um, you know, O'Connor and maybe simplification and certainly Skippy Longstocking, you'd like to think they're going to go to the Pegasus, they've proven they can run in that race. You know, Pioneer Medina has to prove he can run in that race, so maybe he's trying a little harder. I still don't know if that matters. I still don't know if that bridges the gap because he's got a gap to bridge. But, you know, that's kind of – it's another club to type of throw in the bag, you know, that you've got to think about a little bit. Who maybe wants to win today or who's trying a little harder and then who's obviously trying a lot harder in four weeks from today. Brian, loving the golf reference, by the way. I didn't, this race feels like the last race, Brian. If it's not Colonel Liam, who is it going to be? Another if golf. it's not O'Connor, could be, right? It just feels the same. Let's go on the last race. And, Brian, we really uh, thank you for coming on the show tonight. We'll go through the last race, Brian, and then you'll give your pick five, and we'll let you go uh, for the night. I'm, I know you've been busy, and you got a big weekend ahead. Race 11, optional, uh, claiming 25000 Three-year-olds and up, Phillies and mares are going a mile 16th on the turf. I'm assuming the rails are down there because there's no uh, rails out there. The Moyline favorite is all the way on the outside, the number 11. Market segmentation for Chad and Irad, 8 to 5 morning line. And, Brian, we are not going with the same horse. You're going to try to beat this favorite with the number 4 charge account for Fausto Gutierrez and Reyes. Yeah, I, I I just didn't want to pick the eleventh to be honest with you. She's <laughs> okay, fair enough. Favorite, she's got a bad post. She's run twice, and you see the gaps. It, listen, if she runs her race, she's going to win. She's going to win comfortably, and maybe she doesn't even need to win, run her race. With that being said, I think charge account is interesting. She she's got to be a, a a very square price, I would think. And you don't really think of Fostos. What is she? Twelve? Okay, um, that's fine. I'll take that. You don't think of Fausto Gutierrez as as a claiming trainer and he's not obviously you know he trained Latruska he had a slew of two-year-old maiden special weight winners here at Gulfstream he did good work at Churchill and beyond but he's he's in the mid to high 20s off the claim and he's very judicious about it and he doesn't claim a lot of horses and he claimed this one two back and he ran her at Tampa in an off the turfer and she just galloped around there so point being she's going to run now first turf for, for Fosto Maybe she has a wake up in her. Maybe she has a move forward in her and maybe the post, maybe the layoff, maybe the prep, maybe a lot of different things get in the way of uh, markets. 
Market segmentation. Segmentation. Well, these seven arm horses give you a tongue tie. So, and she's going to be, a, a, you know, what's she going to be, Howard? 12 times the price or something like that. So, yeah. I would say this if you're on a budget in this pick five, you probably have to single the 11. And again, that's where you get a heck of a lot of other value, too, if you can come up with someone against her. Yeah, Brian, she's won nine times. This is an N1X, so she knows how to win. Um, I don't like the fact she's in for 25. I mean, she has to be in for 25 because of the condition book. Right. I understand that. But I just, you know, maybe they would have found another spot if she's more alive. But listen, if it's not the 11, like you just said, we've said this several times. It says your ticket construction is going to be fascinating. When I say you, I mean the public here, because there are a lot of horses you can single, yet I don't really trust a lot of them either. And I don't fully trust this 11. Pete, we'll go to you and talk about the 11. Um, and, and Brian, I'll let you also talk about the nine a little bit if you want. Market segmentation race last time against Salima, and Salima came back, did not run well in the American Oaks. I have no idea why that horse was on the lead. That's another discussion for another day. I don't think that's a negative against the 11, at least that's my opinion, Pete. I think she ran huge that day. She was on the inside. I'm talking about the 11 now. was on the inside last time. Got a great trip, but really ran. If she can navigate the outside post, uh, she's going to be really tough here, isn't she? Yeah, well, and also Salima did come back in the race after beating yes. this horse to win and, and won you know, pretty impressively. So in, in impressively enough to then move up to a grade one. Yeah. It went from a, went from a stakes all the way up to a grade one. And yeah, it was, right. was disappointing for sure with the trip, but this is a good horse. <clears throat> and I mean, it's just hard. You you don't, you don't want to lose if you're, if you're live with some, if you beat some of those early favorites and you're live in the pick five, you're going to be, how pissed are you going to be if you lose to a Chad Brown, Irad, <laughs> Claravich horse, yeah. who just popped a 91 buyer last time out. I mean, it's more of, I don't want to lose to this horse. And on paper, I mean, from a buyer standpoint, it's run the, the I think the best buyer by a decent amount. And then um, just looks on paper, pretty good. Now the post can get in the way. There's some things that can get in the way in experience, but if you lose to this horse, you're just pissed in the end. I mean, Pete, isn't a low 80s going to win this race? And even if she regresses 10 points. You would think, can, right? Yeah. Cause nobody else is really. Win. And, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, Pete, and, and Paul, I just want to move things along here for Brian. Paul, you and I both have the five. I think this is the horse that could upset the apple cart. I think Tyler could be aggressive. The Suge Train horse has some speed, has some back class, has been working well at Payson. Paul, this is an interesting horse to me. Yeah, and I had to pick someone second, and, and, and I'm not, you know, you'll see my ticket. I'm, sing I'm one of those who is going to be singled, and I hate being singled to the favorite. Okay. In the in the anchor leg, but you know, Salima would be somewhere between one to five and one to nine in this race, wouldn't she? I mean, you know, I, this horse, as Pete brings up, his the ninety one that she ran last time is eight points better than any other horse has ever run. Um, you know, again, we talked about the outside post. Uh, it's I read, and again, it's a horse race. Anything can happen, but. I think this is the most likeliest winner in the sequence by, by a mile. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Brian, we're going to let you talk about your pick five ticket. And then the other three of us will discuss when you're off screen. So we want to let you go here, Brian, you know, I offered, we, we decided folks to allow up to a hundred dollars because we've had such a successful last few weeks and we want to give bigger tickets out. And Brian, Nate, I was like, we don't need a hundred. We don't even need 50. All we need here is 30 bucks. Brian's ticket is, one three seven ten 
with three, four, five, eight, twelve, with twelve, with one, with four, nine, eleven, thirty bucks, Brian. Pretty obvious your strategy. You're singling, uh, you know, Colonel Liam and O'Connor and spreading elsewhere. Yeah, if I didn't want to look like a total jackass, it would have been ten bucks, and I would have singled at the end, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I have a big thing, Howard, um, you know, don't look for something that's not there. And, and that's kind of what this ticket is to me. Uh, I'm comfortable with Colonel Liam. The other thing I wanted to say, the guys, you know, made it a good point, but I'm more confident that Colonel Liam and O'Connor are going to run their race than um, the, the, the 11 horse in the final race, you know, in a, in a one X or, or what, what have you. Uh, from a wide draw off to layoff line. So that's kind of another way how I looked at this ticket. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be alive after one race. I sure like to think so. <laughs> and then from there, let's hope for maybe we get a little chaos in the Mr. Prospector. And, and you know, and then I'm, then there are my two leans and I've got some flexibility as I'm not, I think it was Paul that said he doesn't like to be single to the favor in, in the last leg. So, you know, I've got a couple. The other, the other good thing too is if you can get to race 11 and you have other options, she might play like two to five in that race because anybody on a budget, that's where they're singling. She's the anchor too, especially because it's the last race. So she is going to be an absolute huge, huge favorite. Yeah. The pick fives are going to be any other pick, any other horse is going to be, I'd say at least three times more than, than the 11. So uh, Brian, really appreciate you coming on tonight. It's great to have you on, man. It was good to see you again uh, down at Gulfstream last weekend. Any final thoughts, uh, thoughts on the Pegasus, anything coming up at Gulfstream? They've got, I know starting in January, Stronach's going to have a, a coast to coast pick five Gulfstream in San Anita. I love that. Any other, anything else you want to bring up for the uh, fans watching tonight? Yeah, that's definitely cool. It's a, it's a good bet with a low 15% takeout. Um, even Sunday, Howard, the newly minted three-year-olds, you know, would kind of start that path to the Florida Derby. Now, there's no, you know, absolute tigers in there, but we start that path with the mucho macho man and things like that. And just next week is um, – the next uh, month, excuse me, we've got the Holy Bull, obviously, on the path to the, the Fountain Youth and then the Florida Derby. So we're going to see it. There's a real crack maiden race on Saturday, race number five that's got – several, several prospects that are, you know, I'm sure their connections are expecting them to be triple crown candidates throughout the winter. So, you know, we've gotten to that point now at Gulf Street Park where you can't really miss a Saturday or a Sunday and the racing during the week's been good and weather, knock on wood permitting, we've got turf. And I don't need to tell you that's a pretty big deal these days to have turf because some uh, other places don't. Uh, perhaps in race five we can expect more. From yeah. Expect More, the number seven, who finished third to a horse called Arabian Knight, who freaked on on uh, Breeders' Cup Day. Brian, thanks a lot for coming, man. Appreciate it. Please watch the Gulfstream simulcast feed. It's a great product. Ron Nicoletti, everyone uh, there does a does a great job. You guys give fantastic coverage. Keep up the good work, man. And uh, good luck this Saturday, Brian. Yeah, Howard, thanks, guys. Great to be a part of it. Hey, Again. thanks, Brian. All right, take care, Brian. Brian. Have take a great care. night. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right, guys, Brian Nadow, great job. He was on fire today. He's just he's a great guy, and he's genuine, and he knows what the hell he's talking about. He's exactly the kind of people we like to have on this show. Uh, Paul, let's go to your pick five, sir. Sure. Um, your pick five is one, three, four, seven, ten, with four, seven, twelve, with seven, twelve, 
with one, two, four, with eleven. And if you listen for forty-five, Paul, I gave you a chance. I don't I understand, read it wrong. Paul. No. I, I don't get it. I gave you a chance to spend over fifty, Pete, and the guy just spent. He screwed with me. Now he spends forty-five. What the hell? I read it wrong. I thought you were saying that our ABCs had to be a hundred. I, I, I curse. I read, gave your text a cursory read. So what I will do, Howard, <laughs> I will simply play this for a dollar. Fifty cents for the TRF and fifty cents for me. Beautiful. Well, Paul, through the magic of StreamYard, if you like to double up or add a horse right now, I can do it without a problem. I'm serious about that. If you'd like, no, to. I'd rather. I want to hit it twice. Greed You're is in good. For a dollar, okay. Uh, um, Paul, if you listened really carefully when I was reading off the numbers, there were people scribbling throughout the country, writing down this winning pick five. Explain yourself, sir. Well, and again, you know, one of the reasons to play it twice is uh, Brian makes a good point. You know, that that horse is going to be bet. But, uh, you know, he also made a good point in not to look for something that isn't there. And, you know, I, I think that uh, I just think the 11 is the most likely winner. So it happens to be in the last leg. If we're in the first leg, I'd do the same. You know, a pet peeve I have is when people say, you know, I don't want to I don't want to single the first leg because I don't want to get knocked out early. Well, you got to hit five out of five. So, you know. If you feel better missing the third leg, I feel pretty <laughs> lousy when I don't hit five out of five, regardless of what leg I miss. I know so, that feeling. I know yeah, it well. We, I, I, we I, well. <laughs> I, I didn't know it last night at Turfway, though. That worked out well for I me. I saw that. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm spreading, and you know, I, I think the nine, I only went uh, in the ninth, I only went with Colonel Liam and City Man. I thought uh, one of those two definitely wins. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I end up on, on the 11. I mean, I'll be playing at ABC, obviously, but this will be the uh, the uh, Paul Halloran, Matt Miller, TRF ticket that you're looking Beautiful. at. So, um, I don't know if you are in contact with Matt Miller. You might want to text him because something happened crazy today. I'll oh, just, I will. I will. Paul, you should you should get in touch with Matt, and I was somehow involved. So you should uh, you should talk to Matt at some point. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, 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 for good reasons. Uh, Pete, let's go to your pick five. Pete's pick five. Um, and Pete crushed, uh, was it two weeks ago? Uh, is that right, Pete? Uh, 310 with 34512, with 1712, with 14, with 3911. So he's going three deep in the last in this in this cave, man. Of course, we know your ABC is going to be different. That's a $72 ticket, Pete. Yeah, and, and I, I think the one I would probably single Colonel Liam only because from a class perspective, I think he sort of – towers over the field a little bit more than maybe even the other favorites. But I did think that there was enough against him to play a couple of horses that I liked. And then I went skinny in the first leg, even though I think there's probably four horses who can win. So I would probably do like an A with the three and the 10 and the B with the other two deep in that second leg. I think that second leg is sort of wide open a couple horses with Colonel Liam. And then I went with simplification and um, O'Connor. And then in the last one, agree. But if, if for some reason the 11, I have the three. We didn't talk about the three. 20 to one morning line is just a horse that would need to take a huge step forward. But if just all hell breaks loose, then I like having a crazy price. And it was a horse that I thought, you know, since that was the first race on the turf, second race lifetime, it was a really yeah. low buyer. But if there's any sort of jump forward and something else happens, she's not that far off where the other horses are. So who the hell knows, but for 20 to one, I'll take a shot, but go ahead, Howard, you're going to say some race last time at the Saratoga 
of the Midwest, Hawthorne yes, Racecourse. Hawthorne Racecourse. Proud course, sponsor, baby. by the way, of the. Yeah, I, I support. I support our sponsors, obviously. So I picked their obviously. horses coming in. So, sure. so that was it. But I do think the eleven is a. You know, I'm with you. you there's a couple potential singles, but none of them are so definitive that I'd be 100 percent confident singling any of them. All right, guys. Here's our weekly game with Howard's pick five. Did he single anyone? And if he did, who was it? Paul, what do you think? I think you singled uh, O'Connor. Pete. No, you know singles. Nope. The the sage sleuth, Paul, is correct. My $72 pick five is 13710 with 35788, 1112. With 1712. With the one O'Connor with 5.11, it's a $72 ticket. Um, here's the thing. I think it's interesting with Colonel Liam, Markman Segmentation, and O'Connor. I think not only do you have to decide who's the most vulnerable, vulnerable favorite, but you also have to decide which field has the most amount of horses that could beat that likely favorite. You know what I mean? And I just think if O'Connor runs his race... I just I don't like a lot of the others in there. Meanwhile, the last race, of course, I'm not playing five equally with eleven on an ABC. Eleven's my lone A. But <laughs> there's some interesting horses in the last race, like your three Peter. You can come with some other horses that might beat the eleven. And then I just I'm against Colonel Liam. He was supposed to run. We didn't even say this, guys. He was supposed to run an allowance race, or maybe Brian said it. Brian that mentioned didn't it. Fill. Yeah. So they were trying to get an easy race into him, and now they've got a much tougher race. I mean, obviously, he's the horse to beat. I'm just against him. I'm completely against Papa Cap, so I, I'm fascinated to see how right or how wrong I am on Saturday. I think the second race, guys, is the spread. The Mr. Prospector, there's a ton of speed. I have no idea. The break is going to be huge. We didn't even talk about a horse like the 12 Seal Beach, who ran a huge race out of nowhere last time and knocked me out of the Hawthorne contest that day because – I liked a bunch of others. So that race to me is, I have absolutely no clue. So I would go as deep as possible there, guys. As we uh, wrap up the show, any final thoughts? Paul, Pete, Paul, let you go first. Any final thoughts about uh, uh, things coming up this weekend? Anything in your life personally you want to share? Uh, anything at all? I would just say that uh, Aqueduct will have a mandatory payout in their pick six on Saturday because – one meet ends on Saturday and another one opens on Sunday. So mandatory <laughs> and uh, Tampa ticket question mark. <laughs> Tampa Tampa will have going into tomorrow an eighty four thousand dollar pick five carryover. Oh, tomorrow at Tampa the late pick five. I yes, I believe if it carries, it goes to the late. Yep. And you know what? Also, just for people that are fans of him, uh, the horse Kinchin. Is running at Tampa tomorrow. Kinchin was named after um, John the Kinchin's father, who passed away, um, and that horse was off a long layoff. Ran it, I think, at, at, at Belmont Aqueduct and didn't run well a few months ago. But he's running in a maiden race and he's even money. I think it's outside. I think it's race five. I think it's outside of late pick five at Tampa. For those of you who are fans with Jonathan Kinchin, the horse Kinchin runs tomorrow at Tampa. Uh, interesting. I will definitely play that late pick five at Tampa tomorrow, Paul. Uh, Pete, any uh, thoughts? And we saw you had a, you uh, sent out a picture of you and Jackson for your uh, birthday. That was really nice. And uh, any, any thoughts you have right now, Pete? 
No, it's a good, it's a good sequence. And we're getting to, you know, it's an exciting time where you're turning the calendar over, especially for horse racing. Now we start kicking into the Derby preps, which will run us from now till the first Saturday in May, which is awesome. And then if you're any other sports fans, you got NFL winding down, you have the college football, you know, semifinals on, on the 31st. So it's a pretty big sports weekend all the way around. So it's just a good one. And I mean, it's, you know, happy new year to everybody too. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, my last screw up of the year, apparently, apparently Kinchin ran. I didn't even know he was in the entries for Saturday, but I guess he ran third. So, okay. Thank you, Dewey fan and, and Matthew. Well, that, for fitting, a fitting way to end the year. For well, well, I was going to say something. It's it, it, maybe your last screw up on the podcast, but I, there's still a couple <laughs> of days left. So I'm not counting on it being your last official <laughs> screw up. F- f- fair enough. Uh, well, let, let me, let me pinch myself. Yes, I'm human. Just want to double check. Uh, guys, in all seriousness, I'll do, I'll say the final comments of uh, 2022. It's been an unbelievable year for this podcast. Uh, I'm again, I, I don't want to get sentimental tonight. I want to keep it, you know, a positive and upbeat, but we've had so many great guests on this year uh, with the addition of you guys and Kyle as official co-host starting around May, just added the show tremendously. I can't thank you guys enough. We've had so many great moments. I mean, I can't, I don't even know where to begin from, you know, uh, tipping out, you know, people coming on, Jessica Paquette, uh, tipping out a horse of what, 10 to 1. Society. Um, society with, you know, a lot of other uh, great guests we have for the first time. The surprise Brittany Erton visit. Uh, I mean, just so many great memories that we have of this year. And this thing just can, continues to grow with the support we have. We're going to cross 200,000 viewers, uh, views, excuse me, this weekend. <coughs> and we're approaching 2,000 subscribers. It just keeps going up and up and i just want to thank all the viewers and listeners yes. out there for your tremendous support we cannot do it without you guys and we have a lot of exciting things coming up guys in 2023 we've got a new show we've got a new background we have new sponsorship by the way coming up a new stable is going to join us just officially took care of that by the way tonight um i'll tell you guys about it um off uh, screen here in, in just a second we have a new sponsor for for uh, january and february and also guys and it's not a, a – we haven't decided on it yet, but it's going to happen. Just got an invite from Hawthorne today for another pool party, which was sort of that live show that we do. It's going to be at the same place. And guess what the day they would like us to do it on? That's right, Pegasus Day. So very nice. good chance we're going to have a live show from the uh, Lucky Poor OTB, uh, and again, in the suburbs of Chicago for Pegasus Day. And I have a entry in the Pegasus – betting challenge guys because of my score earlier in March. So Pegasus day could be super exciting here on the HHH racing podcast for my good friends and co-hosts, Pete Visco and Paul Halloran. This has been Howard Krabs. It's been episode 216 of the HHH racing podcast. We want to wish everyone a very happy new year and we will see you in 2023. Good luck with your bets. On Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Good night. Happy New Year.